0: you're listening to the Art of Floating podcast.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Art of Floating podcast. I'm Dylan Cumm. I'm in Portland, Oregon, and we, um, I co-own the Float Shop with Sandra Cumm. I also have Lance Foss here. Uh, he's from Red Deer, Canada, and owns the Float Shack. Hi, Lance.
2: Hello, everyone. Mm-hmm.
1: I've also got Amy Grimes. She co-owns Float Nashville. I'll let you guess where that's located. And um, we've got another. Hi, Amy.
0: Hey, y'all.
1: <laughs> we got another great <laughs> show for you today. Um, Actually, a really interesting one. We've got uh, Andy Zerumba from Float House, also up in Canada. Um, he has multiple locations, and he is spearheading a, a really cool campaign called "It's the hashtag #WhyWeFloat campaign." Um, so we're going to talk about that, and um, we're going to share some stories of, of why we float, and uh, we're going to play the interview I did with him, and then we'll we'll talk about it afterwards. I think we have, um, I think everybody will have a lot of ideas of, of um, that come from it. It's a very interesting, very interesting interview. Um, But first, I do want to thank our sponsors, Uh, FloatAway sponsors the show, and the simple act of floating in warm, salty water is the most relaxing experience on Earth. This has been FloatAway's byline for more than 15 years. It's true for each of the eight different models and in all the 40 or so countries where happy customers float in FloatAway float tanks. FloatAway is proud of the specially equipped round pools in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where research will really put floating on the mainstream map. Uh, you can check them out at www.floataway.com and find out how the company has pioneered new techniques, new shapes, and new ideas in floating. The founders, Colin and Jenny Stanwell-Smith, are world experts on every aspect of flotation technology. Floataway's a family business within the floating family. Again, you can check them out at floataway.com. How are you doing, guys?
0: Doing fantastic. Nice. How about you?
1: I'm good. It's been a long week. It's been a long week. There's a lot going on. We're still working on the expansion. On, trying to get funding for it. Uh, today was definitely one of those days where Sandra and I were, were uh, beating our foreheads against each other. <laughs> <laughs> same goal, same end place we want to get to, but um, it's funny how there are different ideas on how we get there.
0: Lance, how's your week been?
2: My week's been good. Um, We've started to see a shift in the weather, and um, our summer around here is pretty short, so people are wanting to get inside, so we're actually getting quite busy now. So things have been good. Really busy, though. Um, Real good.
1: Do both of you find that when the weather gets a little cooler, uh, the number of floats goes up for your business?
0: Yeah, actually, we are starting to see just a little bit more. Our week, uh, our midweek has been busier a little busier than normal, so I'm attributing that to the first cold weather of the season. Yeah.
2: We see it if it's um if it's a rainy day. We we fill up in our summer times. It's as simple as mm-hmm. that. When it gets when it starts to get cool, people don't want to be outside. Um, we see it fill up too. Um, but like I said, our summer is very short here, so people don't don't waste it. That's for sure.
1: How how short is it?
2: Well. I'd say like probably a four and a half, five months summer where it's comfortable to wear a T-shirt and shorts okay. or even a sweater. And then our spring, it's usually snow and rain and melty <laughs> mess. And then when fall approaches, it's wind and, <laughs> and just coolness. <laughs> and then the frost comes.
1: I'm just curious because we, we definitely see more locals in our business during fall, winter. And then during the summertime, Portland leaves basically. They all they're going to Mount Hood, they're going to the coast, they're going to the forest, they're going camping. They're doing everything they can during the time that we have good weather because we it sounds like it's a lot more mild than yours, but um, it's just their opportunity to get out. And so unfortunately and, and during that time we have a lot of people visiting Portland and and the tourists are the ones who fill up um, our float tanks during that time and and that's a gross overstatement of, of the reality of it we have plenty of people who, who locally still float with us but we do find that that trend
0: yeah we get uh, being in Nashville we get a lot of the tourists especially during the uh, CMA week country music uh, week yeah it is. it's hopping so I'm very <laughs> thankful for that because I think out of uh, out of y'all I think we have the longest summers our summers pretty much start in April and we're still. Uh, this is the first week we've had cold weather. Is that right? It's been gorgeous otherwise. Nice. Mm. <laughs> Lance not so much. <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah, Just yeah. A April, hey. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I I think Lance, it was your idea that we all talk about why we float. That's what the kind of the theme is, the campaign for the hashtag Why We Float. Um, I thought that was a great idea, and. You want to you want to start us off? Why why do you float?
2: Yes, yeah, certainly. Yeah, I think that's very important to discuss why we float, and and you know that we're all in this for the floating. So um, it, it's good to get our stories out. Mm-hmm. I know floating, um, originally, it started to help me slow down. Uh, Like I said, I'm a mechanic by trade, so I'm always doing something. I work with my hands. I'm very physical. Always had to be doing something, and I've grown up that way, where in the classroom and everything, I'm always fidgety, always doing something, always moving, always something's going on. When I started floating... um, that allowed me to help slow down a little bit. So when I did go back to work and something wasn't going my way, it wasn't immediately throwing wrenches. It was I was able to, to step back a little bit, analyze the situation, and reapproach it. And the more I floated, I, I'd, I'd get to know myself a little more, and I, I could see how to react to si- certain situations, how I could see that everything's only temporary, and if you slow down, just breathe it often comes in focus and a lot clearer. So the more I floated, the more I was able to organize my mind. I use, sure. use as an analogy of sort of a, a desktop computer, how um, every day in life we take on all these thoughts and problems and situations and we never fully process them or deal with them. We're like, ah, oh, well, that's I feel uncomfortable thinking about that. I'll deal with it later. And then we get home and we're on the couch and it's quiet. And then we look at our phone and then the TV's on. And there's always something... I feel our society, well, I should speak for myself. This is about why I float. Mm -hmm. Every time things slow down, I get uncomfortable. The mind opens up and and sometimes I don't wanna deal with it. So it's easier for me to scroll through Facebook than it is to work out my problems or think about my taxes or things like that. So when I go in the float tank, using the analogy is all my thoughts and everything's are files. I can go through there and I can take my thoughts and my problems and my situations, I can process them, I can deal with them, and I can put them into folders. I can start organizing my mind, organize my life, and and then even go deeper and put them into subfolders and start pulling up different parts of my mind. I use it with so much going on with uh, the podcast, the association, the business, the full-time job. I need to get in, and I need to work those things out because when I notice my internal world is all messy and cluttered, Everything around me becomes messy and cluttered from my bedroom to my car to my my paperwork, yeah. everything. So when I go in there, that's my place to just organize, collect. Sometimes sleep depends how busy the week is. Um, but my biggest reason why I float is to organize my mind. Nice. There's tons of physical benefits that come with it, but the mind is something I don't... I never used to pay yep. enough attention to, but yep. the float tank has opened that side up.
1: Beautiful, man. I love it.
2: <laughs> what about you, Amy? Why do you float? Well,
0: I'm going to be honest. I'm going to. I'm taking a uh, just an example from my own life. This week has been tough. Uh, mm. I've been getting ready to attempt to expand to a second location, and with that has become um, with that has come a lot of paperwork, a lot of overwhelm, a lot of timelines, a lot of decisions that need to be made. More decisions, I think, I've ever made in my life. Uh, <laughs> feels that way, anyway. So for me, oftentimes I find that I use the tank as a way to deal with my overwhelm. Uh, when I get out of the tank, it's like, okay, I got this. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> when I've had a day where I've broken down, okay, maybe I cried a little bit, maybe, possibly. Um, <laughs> but when when we when we feel that pressure, when we feel that, uh, there was there's not a whole lot of uh, really good ways to deal with that, and the float tank has been my solace. In fact, actually, this evening I made myself an appointment tomorrow morning at my own float center. So i am trying very hard to practice what I preach, and right now, yeah, it is all about the anxiety and overwhelm, and it works beautifully, nice
1: beautifully. I, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes <clears throat> when I'm the most stressed is when I'm the most um reluctant to get into the float tank mm-hmm. yes. and and i'll I'll push it back or I'll say, you know, open up my appointment um and then when i when I get in, I just go, Oh my god, what <laughs> how silly was that <laughs> yeah. it it's so good, yeah um. Um, I feel like mine is introspective, um, and I feel like it's somewhat similar, similar to what you were saying, Lance, and actually, it's a very similar to what you were saying, I Amy. Mean, I mean, the decompression is a huge part of it, no matter what. Um, but I, I feel like there's a lock on the door. I guess I don't feel like there's a lock on the door. There is a lock on the door. There's a. a I turned my phone off, and um, I. I want everybody to perceive me a particular way. In any moment in life, there's expectation of me to represent in some way. And and I think everybody has that to some capacity. I think that's our ego. It's, it's normal, it's healthy, but it requires a certain amount of energy and it keeps you with a certain type of perspective. And when I go into that float tank, when I know that there's zero possibility of anybody needing anything from me um, or me needing to put up any kind of face or uh, give somebody some kind of expectation, um, I'm able to just, um, see things from a different perspective. The ego moves to the side a little bit. And when I analyze things, yeah, I feel like it's just, I don't know if more objective is the right word, but maybe at least um, it's a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's little things like, I need to call my mom more. It's something simple, but, um, <laughs> but that's actually really important to me and, and very valuable. And so I'll have uh, realizations like that. Or, I mean, oftentimes it's, it's much more like my relationship with Sandra And sometimes it's business stuff, too. And in fact, oftentimes it's business stuff. Um, But there there are things that once I allow myself to get out of the way a little bit more, and and I'm sure that comes with the habit of floating, of having had many floats and knowing that this is my time. But um, I think that's why I float. Oh, and and when I first started floating, it was also like for for the muscle recovery stuff. I, it was when I was in MMA. I, I rock climb now, where I boulder, and and I'll have creaky joints and be super sore. And oh my gosh, it's so nice how how refreshing it is. So that that's still a component, but these days I feel like it's more the the mental, emotional, or spiritual part of it than than anything else.
0: I think what we've all proven right now is that if you are a float tank center owner, you should be in that tank. Yeah, that's what we preach. Yeah,
1: it's so true, and it's different how you talk to clients too. And when you're floating, and if you're not floating, it's different. And and mm. at some point, and then there are times when I've floated less times than others, and you are kind of going through the motions and you're faking it, and that that steam is only going to run so long. And when you're actually when your eyes are like, excuse me, your eyes are lighting up because of your actual recent experiences, that lights up customers mm. more too. It's it's better in sales, you know
2: yeah, I totally agree with you. I've got to see that trend too. When I'm at my peak of busyness and there's a couple of weeks where I couldn't get in there and I start to see, it would reflect how I'd talk to the clients, how long they'd be hanging out after right. how I do my walkthroughs. And then, you know, I'd come immediately out of a float to a walkthrough and I feel my glow, you know, shining off onto them. And, <laughs> um, it, sometimes it is difficult to, to have all this on your plate and, you know, take the time for yourself, but it's not only a problem with us, it's a problem with all our clients too. They're just as busy as us oftentimes. Right. So yeah. if we're telling them to float <laughs> once a week, once every two weeks, few times a month, you know, we should be doing it too and yeah. and we always got to make time for ourselves. Good it's point. it's very important.
1: Yeah. I didn't realize that was going to be our lesson here <laughs> talking about why we float. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so important. Like and I think that's really common in the wellness industry is that like LMTs don't get massage or you know, they're they're putting them everything else, their their customers, mm-hmm. everything else first before themselves. Um, and we're just in this incredible um, place where we're able to um, take care of other people and to take care of ourselves and relatively easy. Because an LMT can't give them themselves a massage, you know? So the, the fact that we, we own the float tanks and we can jump in there, whether it's after hours, what have you, mm-hmm. it's it makes a big difference.
2: It's nice to see why you guys float and we're all sort of floating for the same type of reason but let's see why the rest of the world is floating and let's introduce this campaign that um, some of us have heard about that was introduced at the float conference by Andy Zarama from the float house. Um, Dylan did an interview with him and we're just gonna take a listen to that and see what's going on with the hashtag why we float campaign. Hi Andy, how are you doing?
3: I am doing very well. I, I'm- can you hear me? There's a truck going by right now.
1: <laughs> I, I can't hear you. What, what are you up to?
3: Well, I'm just going for a stroll and uh, doing a podcast with you, man. Nice. I don't know. When I like to talk, uh, when I speak, I like to go for a walk. Because apparently your brain gets more engaged, uh-huh. and that really helps me. Because I, I need all the help I can get <laughs> when doing these kind of things.
1: <laughs> nice. Sounds like Steve Jobs. I think that was his his style as well.
3: Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's a pretty, uh, even comparison myself. And
1: <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I, I, a lot of people make that comparison about you guys. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, um, you. and, uh, where are you at right now? Like where, well,
3: I am just strolling around, uh, the beautiful North of Vancouver. It's nice. a cloudy day today, but it's raining. So that's, oh, well. that's, uh, that's a good day for weather up here in uh, Vancouver area, British Columbia, Canada.
1: Beautiful. That is a beautiful yeah. area. Um, so you are on the show today. We wanted to talk about the uh, Why We Float campaign, hashtag Why yes. We Float, and I'm really excited to talk about that and why people, anybody running a float center should be promoting that. Um, but before we get into that, I'd love to just know a little bit more about you. Um, you have um, spoke at this year's float conference. Your brother, yep. I believe it was last year's, Mike spoke uh, last year. He spoke two years ago. It was two years, was ago. Two years yeah. ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, but I, I don't know your story. What, uh, Where did it all begin? Maybe your first float? Um.
3: Yeah. Well, um, my story <laughs> would start back in uh, 2010. I guess it being reintroduced into the world of floating. And, of course, like a lot of people, I was reintroduced through Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to his podcast. Or actually, Mike introduced me to his podcast. My brother, Mike, he's also co-founder of Float House. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, when he sent me this video about Joe Rogan talking about floating, I was like, oh. That's that thing I learned about in university, and oh, I remember they mentioned in a, in, a, in a sociology class about some of John C. Lilly's early experiments oh, and that, my. and uh, I was just super intrigued from, right from the get-go, and at, at that time in BC, there was basically nothing available, so uh, we ended up searching around, and we found one woman who had a, a tank. In uh, her basement. She was a, a massage therapist. Like, so go so back then, that was a pretty common way for people to float. You'd find somebody and they have a tank in their garage or basement or something. That's like
1: how that. all three of us on the podcast started. Yep. That's so, so funny.
3: Yeah, we, tr- we tracked her down, and um, after one float each, we decided to buy our own tank. Wow. And uh, we actually ended up setting up uh, a samadhi tank in my mm-hmm. brother's uh, apartment, which was <laughs> an adventure all in itself. Uh, we had to avoid a couple floods and some inspections, but we actually made it, made it through it. And um, it actually happens to coincide with uh, the birth of my daughter. And uh-huh. it was a pretty, it was a pretty rough time in my life. And she was, she was in the hospital for an extended period of time. Oh wow! And when I was floating, it was just one way to help get huh. me through that and wow. deal with the stress of her being in the hospital and just to get me some extra rest, like to go oh. in for 90 to two hours and like decompress from the stress and just mm-hmm. for like that time just to to recover from from what i was going through and what we were going through in the hospital and stuff um it was really invaluable
1: that's amazing nice um yeah. and, and i assume is she doing well now
3: oh yeah well we have we have lots of ongoing challenges but mm-hmm. compared to where she was uh much better
1: so okay yeah. Well, yeah. i'm glad to yeah. hear but that but
3: floating has been definitely a, a big part of um that journey as well
1: when did it transition from from personal uh, personal resource to wanting to expand that into a business or was it that well, clear of a difference Let's
2: you know
3: switch. uh we we opened up that first tank out of my my brother's apartment yeah and we had friends and family coming and trying it out mm-hmm. and uh at the exact same time is when float on opened up Oh, wow. So we okay. watched Float On really carefully. And <laughs> yeah, uh, we were just like, well, first of all, we love floating and we saw what they did. And we we're like, well, we could definitely turn this into a business up here. So right. we actually took a trip down to Portland and we, we floated a float on. And I'll never forget my first <laughs> visit to Float On. It was, it was epic. Jake was working. Yeah. And I, I remember walking through the doors of Float On. And I was just like, so this is what it looks like. Wow. You know, I was just just so stoked to be in an actual float center because I'd always kind of try to visualize what it would look like. Mm -hmm. Um, Went down there, had a float. You know, those guys were super cool as always Mm -hmm. and uh, very helpful. And Graham and Ashcon were kind of, you know, consulting along the way as they do. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we wrote a business plan and we ended up opening Float House in May 2013, which was the first five tank center in Vancouver for over 20 years.
1: Wow. You opened with five float tanks. Yep. That's yeah. that's massive. We,
3: uh, yeah, well, you know, again, we saw, you know, there was kind of a, a, a bit of a, a bit of a proven model, I would say, mm. uh, with Float On doing mm-hmm. it with four, and we're like, well, you know, Vancouver's a, probably a slightly bigger market, mm. pretty affluent, uh, pretty similar in terms of, um, I'd say, demographic-wise, it's, it's pretty okay. close to Portland. So, yeah, we <laughs> thought for sure we could we could make it go up here, and uh, needless to say, when we opened up. It was bananas, man. Like, I couldn't, nice. I couldn't believe it. The first day, <laughs> the first day was insane. We did eighteen thousand dollars of sales on the very first day.
1: Wow!
3: And then we did sixty-five thousand dollars in the first week. Wow! Like, it was nuts. That's it ridiculous. Was nuts.
1: That is bananas. So, that's officially yeah. bananas.
3: And uh, and that's kind of I think was a huge catalyst for well, floating in Vancouver for one, and I think also floating in North America, mm-hmm. because you know I we did it in a very public way. We were very active on social media, right. continually posting. About how it was going. And uh, we knew we had a lot of eyeballs on us. Uh And without about a year of us opening, I think there were like five or six other centers, uh, at least open or on the way in Vancouver. And Uh now I think there's eight in like the greater Vancouver area that are open.
1: Your story is not. Replicated by every single float center. The story of having of doing a twenty thousand dollar day or twenty thousand plus on their first day is eighteen. It was uh, eighteen. Sorry, I'm sorry. (laughs) That's okay. Anyone at twenty? Hey, that sounds right. Yeah, we'll just round up. Um, How? What was your success story? What do you attribute that to? Let's talk about your your media campaign and all of that. Um, which yeah. I've always been impressed by. I've, I've always looked to you guys as a, as a great example of, of strong media presence. But maybe was there anything else behind the scenes? I mean, what is the story of your success for the launch?
3: Well, you know, it really came down to the awareness we generated on social media okay. and, and just uh, the, the stuff we were putting out there, you know. Um, and I think our kind of spin and take on floating just worked really well for this city. You know, mm-hmm. yoga is like a, a big booming thing in Vancouver mm-hmm. and then and is right now as well. And meditation and and uh, it's kind of very much in line with who Mike and I are nice. as people. Mm-hmm. So the thing about it is, it was coming from a very authentic place. So everything we were mm-hmm. posting about floating and just about you know um, anything around meditation or like even just like memes, like, you know, the funny little spirituality memes sure, you see sure. on Facebook. <laughs> all that stuff was was we were posting it up but we actually meant it you know and mm-hmm. we ended up getting a really big following on Facebook really quickly I think before we opened we had about 5,000 people following us wow and I had a pretty decent email list so again um, through all the the stuff we were, we were putting out there um, when we announced our grand opening special, uh, special it was just like a landslide on the very first day right? and I was just it was amazing <laughs> it was a dream opening because as you know opening any business especially a float center can be very stressful in the last or the few <laughs> days leading up to it yes in fact we even had a meeting with our partners a few days before we opened and they were quite worried you know we were getting really really tight for cash oh wow okay. and um we were you know we we're like it's okay you know and, and it, it was a tense time so when we when we Launched that grand opening special, and we just started to see the sales rolling in. We were just like, oh, my God, this is amazing, right? It, it. Was, it was like the best feeling
1: ever. Oh, that, oh, I can't imagine the wash over of relief. I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well,
3: it's tough, right? I mean, again, oh, yeah. starting starting a flow center is challenging,
1: mm-hmm. you know? It's far more you know? challenging than people assume.
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean, we, you know, we had the luxury of being first in the city. And right. being first in any kind of new business venture is always a huge advantage okay. uh, and now I don't think it's quite as easy for hmm. people when they open up we don't have that same kind of uh, early on uh, momentum that, that, that you get from the early adopters uh-huh. right and, right. and uh, luckily we still have carried on that momentum but I think for <laughs> new centers it's kind of it's not it's not like that most of the time they open up and now they're have they're having to kind of grow organically as opposed to having this this initial you know right. great start right out the gates
1: Let me ask you a few details if you don't mind sharing them What was sure. your what was your price? Um for a and do you do 60 or 90-minute floats?
3: So, yeah, we do 90-minute floats.
1: Um, and what was your You know actual price and then what was your sale price or was it a package?
3: Yeah, so when we did our grand opening special, it was just three floats for 120 three 90-minute sessions for 120
1: and normally They're $60 floats
3: uh, well, we do 75 single dollars 75, floats, okay. 70, uh, 75 single floats.
1: Uh-huh.
3: Uh, then we also have like a three-pack. But the thing is, at the time, you know, we well, here's the thing. We've learned so much since we've been going. And at the time, we opened up with a very, uh, I guess, diverse uh, menu. So we'd have we'd have, like four package options, four membership options, a single float, like a 10-pack, all this uh-huh. crazy stuff, right? right? And what we found early on was that it was just causing people to kind of lock up, and they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't. They'd be like, "Oh, I'll just, I'll just buy one," you know. Sure. So it, it worked. Uh, we found that simplifying the menu was a really important thing, uh, and now we only have three pricing options. Oh wow! And, uh, and of course, it's kind of all designed to get people on a monthly recurring membership. Okay.
1: hmm and, and and so, would well, do you want to share what those three are? I mean, do do you mind?
3: Yeah. So again we have the the 75 dollar single float mm-hmm. we have a karma pack which is three floats for 180 okay. and then we also have a uh the membership which is right now it's 59 a month and you get one float plus a bunch of little extra perks on the side okay um and that's and that's it so i mean obviously the membership option is is the most affordable option and also with that membership option there's $39 extra floats so you okay, get that one for float for $59 interesting and then $39 extra floats and it's shareable so you can actually mm. if you have a membership you can bring in friends for $39
1: oh wow yeah oh, so we're, wow. we're
3: kind of doing we're switching gears a little bit with our marketing so we're, we're still going to do the social media we still believe in that but we're also going to start doing a lot of marketing through our members because mm-hmm. our members are the most enthusiastic You know, people we have. Yes. So it's it makes sense to have them talking Mm -hmm. about floating and bringing their their friends in. Absolutely. And uh, you know, it's it's that whole thing. You know, um, people trust their friends a lot more than they're going to trust us. Mm -hmm. You know, we have a vested interest in selling them a float. But if a friend says, "Hey, you got to come try floating. This thing is awesome," they're way more likely to believe their friend and come in. So that $39 shareable thing is is uh, is pretty good.
1: That's great. I love it. Yeah, and I, I feel like that kind of naturally extends to the Why We Float campaign as well, does it?
3: Yeah, so it does. We actually we we launched Why We Float through our membership appreciation night. So again, coming back to the idea of, you know, we we've built up our memberships to a certain level. I think we have around twelve hundred active members now. Wow. And it's you know we're like, well, you, there's a couple ways you can market. You can keep finding new customers, right? Mm-hmm. Or you can market through the ones that you already have. And mm-hmm. we're switching gears to marketing through the ones that we have Interesting. and uh, so what we did is we had a membership appreciation night it was an awesome little night Mike and I started off with doing like a little speech mm-hmm. and we had this amazing performer from Vancouver named TJ Dot he does these one man shows he, he did a one man show called Medicine and it's all about his ayahuasca experience with Dr. Gabor Mate. Okay. And uh, he does a whole play by himself, standing on stage. Wow. He's, he's basically acting out his ayahuasca experience. Oh was wow. Crazy. And really awesome. <laughs> wow. Um, and we had yeah we had about 120 members out for that, and then uh, at the end of the night we announced why we float. You know, like you know, explain the whole thing, which mm-hmm. is what we can get into now, I guess. Please. Why we float is uh, is a, is a campaign that. I announced at the Float Conference this year in August, and the goal of it was to get people talking about floating, getting people who are already floating talking about it, and again, that whole idea of somebody ta- speaking about floating or getting people to come in who don't have a vested interest. Again, when somebody's posting something on their social media, sharing a personal story about why they float, mm-hmm. it's much more powerful than if they just see like a Facebook ad or something. Mm-hmm. So... Essentially, that's what it's about. And it was going to be just a base-level marketing platform for Floathouse. We were going to kind of keep it to ourselves. We were going to launch it with the contest that we have going on now, which is a you know a week-long trip for two to Kauai for the winner. And uh, we were going to keep it as our kind of base marketing campaign. And I was thinking, I think I was actually floating when it came to me. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, how cool would it be if we used the combined reach of all of the flow centers in North America to push thing out, this thing out there, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we all have thousands of people that follow us on social media. Mm-hmm. We all have we all have email lists. We all have contacts. We all have people floating in our centers. So how can we um, leverage all of that to make it like a snowball effect? Because I, th- I feel like if the whole industry got behind this, and there's a lot of people behind it now, mm-hmm. but I'd like to see more get behind it. And the good thing is it's going on until November 23rd. Cool. So people can still jump on if they want to. Got it. And I, it's, what it's doing is it's, it's, it's incentivizing people to take those personal stories, those great stories you hear every single day in the float center when you're working, and putting them online and sharing it with their friends. Mm-hmm. You know? And sometimes it takes a little bit of prodding to do that. <laughs> yeah, so trying to get... Uh, them talking about it can be a bit of a challenge because it's a personal story and some of them, you know, we've had some really good stuff come out about people dealing with PTSD yes. and how it's helped cure their depression and all this. Mm-hmm. So, um, so how it works essentially is somebody goes to whywefloat.com okay. and there are several options for them to enter the contest. So they can, one, make an Instagram post, two, uh, Facebook, Twitter, or also a YouTube video. And all they do is they go on, they post a photo of why they float, Mm -hmm. right? And then um, go. They have have to do it through the software on the website. Okay. Important note. (laughs) uh, Hashtag it why we float. Mm -hmm. And now they're entered in the contest. And they could be uh, now they're eligible to win a trip to uh, Kauai for one week for two people.
1: Wow, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. That that's super easy. Any fan of floating wants to share it, anyways. So. They're only exactly. going to be excited to potentially win a trip as well. so that sounds like a big win-win for everybody.
3: Yeah hundred um, percent. and you know, right now um, we're, we're just I'm just trying to get other centers on board. I emailed everybody at the mm-hmm. float, on the float conference list about this. Mm-hmm. We have a bunch on board and if you go to the, the why we float feed on Instagram right now you can see pretty much all the centers that have posted why we float uh, the why we float graphics. And uh, the second step to the key of this thing Uh is getting people to start sharing the stories. So Mm -hmm. when they see a really awesome post on Instagram or on Facebook or on Twitter, you know, repost that, retweet that, share it, because now what you're doing is it doesn't matter. Like, you know, I posted the other day um, uh, a great story out of Reboot Float Spa in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's the whole thing I think um, we need to get away from in this industry. Like, you know. I I believe that people want to pretend that we're really, really open and we're not in competition with each other, Uh but I feel like that still exists a little bit.
1: Sure. Mm -hmm. And
3: the truth is, if I'm sharing a story from somebody in San Francisco, it has, you know, there is no (laughs) crossover from someone in San Francisco and Vancouver. So you don't have to worry about that. Totally. Right. So it's like share those. If you hear a great example of somebody floating at this point, the float industry is so small. Okay. Yes. I mean, it's about getting people talking about it and sharing those benefits. Right, so I mean, at this point we have a huge population, and most of them are not floating. So mm-hmm. it's like, well, how do we get the people who are not floating in the tanks? And I think this is a way, one way we can do that.
1: Right, and if I can just piggyback off what you said, I, I I've always said, with float on, when Portland is completely saturated with floaters, then float on on us. We can we can get we can compete and get mean with each other. I say that with tongue in cheek, of course. But in, but until then, every advertising dollar they spend, it, it actually helps us. And likewise, us existing and us advertising and marketing and, and ha- increasing word of mouth only increases their business as well. So it's been incredibly beneficial. So I could only 100% agree with you that, that sharing other people and other float centers' positive experiences is only going to help the industry yep. overall, which, of course, helps you.
3: Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, that's that's the whole thing. That's 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 the campaign in a nutshell. We're, we're basically nice. getting those stories out there, those personal stories, uh, and putting them online. So, uh, again, it's it, it's it's much more powerful to hear a story from your friend posting, mm-hmm. uh, you know, why they float, than it is again to see a Facebook ad or or however else they might hear about floating.
1: So. No, Andy, there are there are materials that as business owners we can get for this project, right? For this campaign. Yes.
3: Yeah. Now, I've emailed them all out to everyone who was in the float conference list. But okay. if you haven't, if they haven't got their materials for it, just send me an email at andy at floathouse.ca. Okay. And I can uh, send them everything they need.
1: Cool, and we'll include that in the show notes, everybody. If you don't have uh, have this, we'll, we'll go ahead and get it to you on, on the show notes. Um, and I also just want to encourage anybody, if you're starting a float center, if you're not open yet, I would still strongly encourage you to, A, use this as promotion materials if you do have social media already. Or if you're at the really early stages, um, just go ahead and share your positive experiences now, um, because it's only going to help, by time you open, it's going to have helped the industry that much more. It really, every little bit counts. It all helps. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you so much, Andy. Oh, is there something else you wanted to add there?
3: Well, you know, uh, a big part of this campaign, you know, a couple days ago, I don't know if you saw it, but there was this article in the New York Times. Yeah. See that one? Yes. Okay, well, the Facebook post they made about that was horrendous. Uh Uh-huh. Okay? Like, I think they went and they pulled (laughs) the worst possible comment they could find about floating. Yes. And they made that the caption for this article. I was like, what the hell is that? You know, yeah. It, it, it was bizarre.
1: I think the like opening it, line was something about it smelling like a gym sock. And then later it talks about, uh, like it's like laying in a sewer.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's the cop. Okay. So they pulled a Yelp review uh-huh. and the Yelp review said, all I could think about was that I was lying in sewer water right, or something like that. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what the hell? Yeah. So I, I posted that. We have a, a float page, uh, called float love. I'm not sure if you're on that one, Uh uh-huh. but, um, I posted that article up. I'm like, I'm like, guys, I'm like, this is what's going on. You know when we when you talk about floating with somebody you're typically going to get one of two responses one intrigue or two Mm -hmm. immediate resistance right right and it's usually in the form of what if i'm claustrophobic Mm -hmm. and how do you clean the tank and that article okay addressed two of those exact things and kind of in my mind it reinforced those kind of phobias that people have already Mm -hmm. like they referred to uh, float tanks as coffins, yes. and then they refer to the smell of the float tank as like dirty gym socks or something like yes. that. So I'm like, that's like horrible, you know. Um, and then I kind of posted up there. I'm like, guys, I'm like, for whatever reason, a lot of people have th- this resistance to floating, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I'm like, we need to push this out there and get the reasons, the positive reasons as to why people are floating nice. out there.
1: That's the what. And we that's can...
3: what why we float can do.
1: Perfect. Bring it in our own hands here. Make it. Exactly. Make it happen. Very cool. Um, yeah, I had very mixed feelings about that article. It is cool to be in the New York Times. There were positive yeah. things said in there. And then there were definitely just, just uh, even even the photo they have of a ceiling. <laughs> with, yeah. with, I, I just found everything about that odd, yet certain parts of it encouraging. Um, yep. It's funny that we actually just uh, talked about that on last week's episode. That was a big topic of, of debate for us. So um, right. I'm glad that you, you threw in your two cents with that as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well thanks again Andy. I really appreciate you sharing this. I encourage everybody to participate in the #WhyWeFloat campaign and and visit the website. Um if you are a business owner, please um, get on there and and add it to your to your Facebook page, all of that stuff, your email blasts, et cetera. So thanks again Andy.
3: Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Right. bye Bye bye.
1: So that was my interview with Andy Zurumba. You know, he obviously he talks about the #WhyWeFloat campaign, um but he talks about so much more about how he started his business and just a lot of lot of interesting things within his business that I, I really didn't expect from the interview, but I also found super valuable. Um, Absolutely. But but first about the why we float campaign i i assume that we're all on the same page we're all proponents for it and
0: mm-hmm. um absolutely great i think it's fantastic yeah, yeah
2: I, i've been i've been running it for um uh, since the start i think on the 15th and we've had a a few people submit their experiences which is really cool to to see it come through like that nice it's
0: definitely a win-win uh, campaign for everyone right uh, we all win i this agree one, so good good stuff good job
1: um, we've been seeing our float tanks appear on, on their website. It's kind of cool. You know, they don't always tag that it's at the float shop, but you know, we recognize our float (laughs) tanks, we recognize our rooms. So that that's really cool. And, and also we get to hear positive stories from people that we otherwise wouldn't have heard from because they're inspired by this campaign. So that's really cool as well. Um, I like that. Um, also something that he touched on is, uh, I mean, I guess I commented on it in the interview, but something that I'm, uh, Believe in really strongly is—is is this um, that we can let go of the sense of competition between each other? I mean, we all are definitely trying to find our niche and get our clientele in here, um, but the fact that a if there's a geographical distance of thousands of miles, it's okay to share, um, you know, retweet somebody's photo or re-repost mm-hmm. it on, on Facebook. Um, but just also that sense of competition in general—it's um, it, not a saturated market. It, um, we're we're not competing for scraps here.
0: That's right. That's right. And even if they are local float centers, um, I think it's a beautiful thing to share. I I think the benefits far outweigh if there's any negative at all within sharing other float centers, um, why we float campaign photos. I I think it's a beautiful thing. And we're all missing out if we if we don't share.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: We're not generous and kind with our resources.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, we're all just helping each other here. We're just helping helping grow the industry at this point. Um, something that I found very interesting was his membership style. Um, we offer, um, well, let's see here. We have a regular priced $70 float. Uh, we have a starter package, which is three floats for the price of two. And then we have four different membership styles. There's one float a month, two floats a month, and four floats a month. Um, so actually, I guess just three there. Um, but we do secretly have an eight floats a month as well uh, for the people who really like to float with us. Um, and uh, generally, at that point, they're, they're talking about floating enough that we know we should offer them our secret membership. Um, what, do, what do your guys' memberships look like?
2: Ours is actually um, it's more similar to Float House's uh, membership style. Mm-hmm. Um, our memberships are $49 a month, and that gets you the one 90-minute float a month. Mm-hmm. And then additional floats are also purchased at $49. Okay. Um, and a regular price, we offer 60 and 90 minutes. So, um, any membership you buy is good for either. Most people just go for the 90. Um, but um, our 60 minutes is $59 and their 90 minutes is $79. Okay. And um, we also have a yearly membership, which is $489. And that gets you 13 floats. And that one is actually shareable with two other people.
1: Huh. Um, oh, and that
2: works out to about thirty-seven dollars a float. So that's guaranteed, nice. you know if someone's going to be using it, and some other discounts we have on on retail products and things like that.
1: Do you um, have a lot of people go for the annual
2: purchase? Yeah, I think we I think we have about forty-eight or forty-nine yearly members. Um, if if someone knows they're coming back, that's usually what they go for. Mm-hmm. Um, the monthly membership is for people that are. You know they want to do it at least once a month, but they don't know, you know, if they'll be able to fit in their schedule, right. their schedule, mm-hmm. and uh, things like that. But we do offer a three-pack as well. And like Andy says, we we had to tune when we started out. We had so many different options; it was almost overwhelming. Our, our membership mm-hmm. structure was was complicated. People get halfway through reading it. Right. It was a better deal than what we offer now. But you get halfway through reading it, and it'd just be easier to just. Yeah, like you said, I'll just get one float for now, and we'll think about that. I'll get back to you. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. How about you, Emmy?
0: Yeah. uh, Actually, we have pretty much the same thing we started out with, uh, and that is we do have an introduction to floating series, so you get three floats for 147, and then we have the uh, membership, and all of our memberships are shareable. We do have three series. We have two, four, and an eight uh, float. Uh, but as we've gone on, we, we've we actually been analyzing this a lot as we're go- getting ready to move forward into the next uh, organization. We are cutting back to basically what Float House has done. Uh, the membership, I think, needs to be uncomplicated. And we are planning on taking it to one option for membership. And that's it. Uh, I know we've had issues with when people go for that eight float in fact we've we've already decided we're going to cancel the eight float as soon as somebody goes for the eight float it almost always um has issues they do Mm -hmm. great for a month or two and then it becomes a little overwhelming and um even though they're allowed to move between levels uh there's a lot of frustration there and it yeah. creates negative it can, it can create negative interaction between clients and we want to do everything we can to try to head that off right. before it right
1: I mean at the very least like you have to have a conversation that I want to downgrade maybe you even feel a little bit weird about that and then there's the, like the extra floats in your account that might be rolling over to the next month etc mm-hmm. like there are just all these numbers all of a sudden that make it super complicated as opposed yeah. to I know this amount of money is being taken out of my account every month and then beyond that it's up to me to just make a purchase um, my only question on that is Something I really like about the, um, is that there's flexibility with basically you spend more, you save more that just like general structure that makes a lot of sense in sales. But it also makes a lot of sense that if you're willing to commit to us to, to spend this much time with us, then, you know, we're going to lower that price for you as well and just make it financially easier. So that's one reason I I don't want to transition to that. By all means, I love simplicity and I like what you're describing, but what do you guys think about that?
0: Actually, I, I totally get where you're coming from, and, and I'm curious. This is just for my own my own curiosity's mm-hmm. sake, Dylan. Which level do you do you mind sharing? Which level you get the most uh, clients taking it up on?
1: Um, I'd have to look at it, but I, historically, it's been the two floats a month is is our highest. Mm-hmm.
0: Same with us as well. I mean, overwhelmingly, two two floats a month. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: and uh, s- how much how much you guys charge for that for two floats uh, a month?
0: Ours is ninety eight. Ninety eight, which brings the cost down to forty nine dollars a float.
2: Yeah, that's that's pretty much the same there.
1: But but when we have people who, um, re, um, let's say, are recovering from a car accident, you know, we, we know that we're going to be seeing them for a long time. Um, I would personally feel uncomfortable, um, and I, obviously, I'm not doing the type of membership that you guys are talking about yet, so I haven't like acclimated to it. But I love the idea that yeah, you get to float with us more, and it's not. Uh, the financial burden that it would be with our two floats a month membership, and then buying it at that price from then on.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's a good point. Um, we're gonna, I guess, learn the <laughs> learn the hard way. Sure. We can at least compare contrast. I have mm-hmm. a cur- uh, I have another question, Dylan, because you have more than just floating at your facility. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does that come into play with your <laughs> membership? Does your membership give yeah let's, discounts other things, it, or do you have people who just come for massage or just come for mm-hmm some of your other issues that, that don't want a float membership but are asking you if you have a different type of membership.
1: Yeah, um, that's actually something we're looking at right now. It's something that we probably, I mean, technically should have addressed from from day one or day zero, but um, all of our float memberships offer 20% off massage, which I think is a, is a really nice discount um, for when you come in. Um, what we're talking about is potentially having massage memberships as well um, because we do, we definitely do have people who want massage but they don't want floats. With that being said, and it's funny that we're just talking about this interview with Andy because that only complicates it. That only adds potentially more options for you to choose from. Um, I so I'm not between Sandra and I. I'm the one who's not leaning super strong towards that, but by creating more options. Um, Also, most of our people, the people that we attract to the float shop. um, I mean, it's in the name. Do you know, um, gravitate around the floats. It's, it's more one-offs of people who only want the massage or generally like somebody who's coming in from out of town, they're calling random places. We're going to be their place. That's going to take care of a massage for once. And and they're going to be out of town. But the, the people who regularly come, I feel like we attract floaters and even with our therapists and, and, um, our uh, therapist clients also get a discount to, to floats as well, so they're almost um, given a, a membership by, by just seeing our counselor. Um, but um, they go to the website looking at float tanks and then find our therapist and then go, you know, find that. That will actually be their first step generally before floating with us is seeing the therapist, mm-hmm. and then they'll start floating with mm-hmm. is is with us is the trend that we see, um, or at least that our therapist has
2: has told us. Um, so
0: Lance... Is Lance getting? You're getting ready to add massage, aren't you, Lance?
2: Uh, yes. We were at some um, point. In, at mm-hmm. some point. Yeah, we just need to find a massage therapist that fits our vision and our feel, and we'll be doing that for a while and seeing how that goes.
0: How are you going to fit your membership around with the with the massage? That?
2: I, that will all buckle into once we get a massage therapist. What do they want? So we're mm-hmm. waiting to sort of tailor it with someone who wants to work alongside floating, because floating always we want to be our the heart of the business is floating and other things we offer works around floating so it's just once we get to know that massage therapist we'll see what works for us um but one question for you guys do your floats expire um your memberships if if someone pays for three months and they don't use it do they have a six float credit or is it only good for that month
1: amy you want to take this one first
0: uh well sure i can uh our floats are good for 60 days from the time that they are purchased um it um, membership floats it really or any membership, yeah, membership okay. floats, membership floats. Yeah. Actually, our intro is uh, actually our intro floats. Our three package is only good for 60 days as well. Um, that, that has to be handled differently if they should expire mm-hmm. uh, with, the, with the membership, though. Yeah. They roll off after 60 days, which is something that I also think about quite a bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We also have a I believe it's a, a two month, 60 day expiration. Mm-hmm. And then when they come in and say, hey, wait a minute, I, I paid for these floats. We just refresh them. Um, it's, it's to, you know, I think our psychology is something's going to expire. We want to use it. Same with gift cards. If there's no expiration date on a gift card, it's going to sit in my drawer for, I mean, literally 10 years. Um, I, I have one to a store downtown that I've never used because there's no expiration date on it, but if there was an expiration date, I'm way more likely to, to pick up the phone or if it's getting near expiration, give them a call and say, Hey, can I still use this even though it's around the expiration date? And we get that phone call pretty frequently mm-hmm. ever since we started putting expiration dates on our on our gift cards.
2: So a few years back, our province actually made it illegal for any gift, gift cards to expire. Mm-hmm. So none of our gift cards expire and actually none of our floats expire either, um, which has sort of worked out okay for us because if someone doesn't come for three or four months, they have, you know, four or five credits on their account mm-hmm. and they're back in there and they're using them ASAP, especially right. if they forget about it and then they're back in their routine. So... Um, but we've learned um, people do forget, sure. and we have to do follow-up calls, yeah. follow-up emails, and let them know, "Hey, you got some credits here. Come use them."
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, our system, I know, does send out uh, little notices that they have uh, floats that are going to expire within the next two or th- I think two or three weeks. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, but same thing with gift cards. You know, ours in the state of Tennessee, we are required to have a two-year expiration date, but. Uh, we'll take anybody that come any of them that come back yeah we want to see people floating right Uh, yeah i guess guess that's
1: all our goal right
2: (laughs) so Uh. one thing i noticed actually about float house is um when i was heading down to the float conference um Actually, this year, we stopped in Vancouver for a couple days and we were able to travel. I think we stopped in about six or seven different float centers there, a couple float house locations, MetaRest, um, just a couple small ones, Cloud9. And we went through and we got to see how different people were marketing, uh, different tactics people were using. And we really got to see how many float centers are in the Vancouver area. And there is a lot. And speaking with some of the owners, asking how things are going. And this was pretty much in the middle of summer, um, we noticed that almost everyone was running some sort of group on campaign. So you're talking to every center and they're saying, right now, pretty much people in Vancouver are paying 30 to $40 for a float Mm -hmm. and they're jumping from center to center um, just to chase a bargain. And that's that's one thing I've noticed about um, that city is there's always something going on. There's always a sale somewhere and you were talking about um, we're not a saturated market, but that mm. possibly is something that's going to come. We got to see that evolve with massage and with yoga, and mm-hmm. I believe that floating isn't far away. Yeah, good so, point. And uh, yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Amy.
0: I was gonna say it'll be interesting to see as we as we progress, uh, especially the difference between a regulated area and a non-regulated uh, area. Um, we'll see how that how that different. Uh, uh, dynamic uh, plays out.
1: What do you mean when you say uh, unregulated? So,
0: so if you have a float center, like for our in our, uh, in our area, of course, we're regulated very, very, very heavily in the state of Tennessee, crazy regulations. Uh, mm. And after two years, there's still only, there's ourselves, mm. and we just had one other float center open mm-hmm. up uh, in the beginning. I think there's January 5th. Uh, and I've always been surprised at how, I, I figured there'd be several more by now, Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's really not, could be two, because I live in the buckle of the Bible Belt, but um, <laughs> people perceive these things uh, very differently my, my down might here. Might be a part of it, <laughs> <laughs> I think. Possibly. And, uh, but it's well interesting that. That, that we can see a state like Vancouver, or a state, I'm so sorry, an area like <laughs> Vancouver, oh lordy, uh, that is, uh, is getting oversaturated in how they're dealing with it, and it'll be interesting to see how it goes from there. I, th- I think it's uh, important to watch that so that we can all make better better business decisions as we move forward and how we can help even help each other out
1: yeah that's that's really interesting do you think um a a community whether it's yoga whether it's floating acupuncture i mean whatever it is do you think a community can unite to make sure that it thrives as opposed to cannibalizes itself with something like groupon
2: I i i think so yeah i i andy spoke at the conference this year about groupon and he was you know telling people we sort of need to to maybe get away from it a bit because we are going to start undervaluing our service. Like, if people are paying $75 for a float and then all of a sudden they're paying 40 for six months, it's going to be hard for them to pay that $75. So it's just it's just a different marketing tactic that has to be used versus just cutting the price. It's not always yeah. price that's stopping people from floating. Um, so I it's think happened. we can all work together, but it's, it's just um, much like starting a centre. The whole community has to learn how to work with each other, how to dance with each other, and, and evolve as, as one, almost. Mm-hmm.
0: We've seen it with massage, how uh, uh, yeah. how the group on Living Social has uh, destroyed our community, and you can see how all of a sudden the prices were being raised a little bit every year, and now we actually are seeing a decrease in price over the last 10 years right, as right. far as where massage is. And, um, you know, centers are expensive to run. Mm-hmm. And we can't survive on those small prices. And when you first go into the industry, um, you might not realize the damage you're doing. I'll tell y'all, we didn't do a Living Social or a Group on this year. Nice. And well. we did it on purpose, mm-hmm. um, but it was tough mm-hmm. because we realized the damage we had done as to uh, as far as getting people used to paying those lower prices. Mm-hmm. And these the first six months of this year were were brutal. Huh. And the phone calls every week. Well, when are you doing another Group uh. on? When are you doing a Living Social? When are you doing another deal? When are you doing another discount? And wow. it, it was tough. But finally they're getting used to paying the price that.
1: Right. And, th- and that's know, really what it you allows do. allows us to you, live. you train somebody on, on what the value is of something. It's tough. Very interesting. It, it also, that reminds me of Massage Envy and how Massage Envy has kind of lowered, in my opinion, lowered the quality of massage across the board and, and what um, people are willing to pay for massage. And when I say lower the quality of it, I mean, just mean they tend to get people fresh out of school who mm-hmm. um, maybe you know aren't able to set up their own their own um, uh, place yet. And they're willing to work for super cheap. And um, it, it overall and I think this was before even Groupon came out, was just overall lowered the price of what people expect to pay for massage. And I think also it can lower your expectation of what massage can be because Mm -hmm. unfortunately, there's no barrier of quality that I was able to tell when Sandra and I had memberships at Massage Envy for for what kind of massage you're going to get. So if that's the first place you're going to float at or the first place you're going to get a massage at, all of a sudden your your sense of quality of of what that experience is, is is much lower. So that actually kind of makes me feel rough about the industry like um massage is something that's synonymous i mean everybody knows what massage is but look at how the prices have have dropped because of of things like in in my opinion massage envy and things like social deals daily deals well, what i
0: what i find is interesting is uh, particularly with massage envy Granted, this is just in my part of the country, but uh, it would. Per- my perception is that their pricing structure was not sustainable. I huh. noticed in the past year they raised their prices ten dollars, huh. which is substantial. Which is a big deal. Mm-hmm. We're actually getting really close. Massage envy is getting super close to the cost of a good uh, massage. Tha- no, I shouldn't say good massage therapist an experienced massage therapist who has their own practice. Mm-hmm. So I think they found it wasn't sustainable. Right. Wow. It's my thought.
1: Though. Well, guys, um, were there any other topics that we wanted to talk about tonight?
2: Well, I, I, I sort of want to expand on the membership thing. So okay. um, Float House, I think they said they had 1,200 members, which is just yeah. ooh, mind-boggling. And how many locations did he say he had? <laughs> uh, I believe they were running five with their sixth opening in yeah. Surrey. That I sounds believe. right to me, too. Yeah. But do you do anything extra for your members? Do you do member meetups, quarterly, Christmas party, anything like that? Like, How do you engage with your members to make sure they're feeling like a member and not just uh-huh. an extra person getting a deal sort of thing?
1: I know Amy's probably going to blow me out of the way because I know she's really good at this consideration thing, but um, I'll, I'll go first then. <laughs> but we um, send a little letter to them. Um, thanking them for being part of our community, and we drop a gift card of a float that they can um, give to somebody else. I think maybe we've done something for massage as well in the past, but you know, we come up with a little something to just thank them for being part of our community. Cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, Dylan, you you got me beat on this one. Uh, it was it. just this year we we had uh, a really nice membership going, on, and we know as people start dropping, which there's certain <laughs> times a year now mm-hmm. we understand when people are just going to drop out. Um, but, uh, we start implementing quarterly, uh, where we send letters and now we're sending a, c- I try to think of little, little tiny gifties. Like this last one was a, an adult coloring book. Um, and we're, <laughs> we're just doing uh, fun little, huh. little things. It's just a thank you. We got really nice, uh, earplugs, uh, for one of the quarters, oh. uh, that fit really nicely. Some aqua block earplugs. Huh. So just little tiny things. We'll probably do something like a $5 Starbucks. We have a list of things that we've. <laughs> we thought about uh, we're gonna see if that makes a difference we're gonna do this for a year and you know we're we're running little different experiments so who knows if it's helping we have tiny amount of retail sure uh, we do if they buy a gift certificate they get 15% off oh, but cool.
1: it's, mm-hmm. it's
0: it's been uh, tough to think of something because we don't have a whole lot other than floating we are a float center that's all we do
1: right mm-hmm. and, and, and t- do you ever have member parties
0: Member parties, uh, no no one would show up. We can't seem to <laughs> <laughs> It's very tough. National, yeah, there's a I, lot going on. It's very tough to get people out. I, th- I think that's uh,
1: very true. I think that's true for us stopped. as well. It's. Um, I mean, I don't think that's completely no. true for us. I mean, there, there are certain people who will definitely show yeah. up, but it's not going to be a, a giant gala event for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um. We do meetups now, uh, monthly meetups uh, with meetup.com, and we've been able to see some of our... Some of our uh, members there. Nice, it's been nice, cool. So at least we connect outside. Sure, cool. buy him a beer. Lance,
1: <laughs> <laughs> do you have any input on that as well?
2: Uh, I want a membership members? at Float Nashville where you get beer for being a member. Yeah, right. <laughs> 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 um, actually, we've um, you <laughs> we've, <Canadians. laughs> we've sort of learned a bit and. Um, over the past year being open, we haven't really engaged with our members like we should be. Mm-hmm. And that's something we've had to step back the last few weeks during our meetings and, and plan what we're going to do. And um, I sort of want to do some sort of quarterly meetup. up um, invite them over, have some snacks, appetizers. But I want that to be about um, sort of enhancing the float. So um, maybe each time it's a, you learn a breathing technique to help you go a little bit deeper, or some yoga to how to do release, or, you know, just how to set an intention. Or record some affirmations, or um, even different personality tests, which our um, business coaches provide us. Which, with you know, people can get to know themselves a little bit. So that's something that we have just started planning now, and we're going to see how that goes with um, a quarterly meetup. But what,
1: what a great way to add value to the
2: membership! Yeah, um, I love that. And it's uh, floaters need to meet floaters. Like when we come in, we only have we're only running two tanks right now. So mm-hmm. two people come in, and two people are leaving, and that's it. They, there's there's not a lot of engagement so when we put 40 or 50 floaters together in their room the mm-hmm. conversation's going to start and that's going to help everyone you know go a little deeper let go a little more in their floats when they learn tips from from other people and that's something i want to see i want to see a a community in our area built of people who enjoy doing well, nothing. So, right? But, uh, yeah, <laughs> nice. I don't. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I'll update you guys with how yeah. our first uh, member meetup goes. I'd
1: I'd nice. love to hear about that. I I cool. think that's a great concept. That's a great idea. And,
0: mm-hmm. and those things help us as well. We find out what our floaters are talking about, ways that we can enhance their experience. If we know what's important to them, mm-hmm. we can serve them better. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. I just I just feel like it took me quite a few floats to fully grasp how I float what's my comfort zone everything about it and i don't want to have to have all our clients that's taken them five or six floats to fully get it when we can you know give them some advice tell them to control your this is how you control your breath this is how you relax your muscles this is how you stop bouncing off the walls and and th- the sooner we can get them to that wonderful zone the, the better for everyone so that's nice. that's what i'd like to see
1: yeah i nice. like it Lance, I, I do have to say one thing, and this is for anybody who's, you know, in the smaller stages of a, of a float center, and I know you plan on adding more float tanks, but that two, we were two float tanks for a while, and man, that is a sweet spot where you really just get to cl- connect with every client who comes in, and you know everybody by name. It's such a good place, so I, I absolutely say cheers to growing your business and all of that, but oh, I just appreciate this time. It's such a beautiful time. Yeah. <laughs> With that, I think we're going to call it a show. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for joining us. As always, you can follow us on Artful Floating on Twitter. Um, If you want to leave a voicemail for us, uh, please go to theartoffloating.com, click on the gold bar that's on the left side of the browser, and you can leave a voicemail that we can play on the show. And uh, whether it's an idea that we've talked about, um, maybe you agree with it, maybe you don't, or something that you want us to discuss, if you have a question, just post it on there. And um, beyond that, we'll see you next week.
0: You're listening to the Art of Floating podcast.